There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. This is our Wednesday edition of the podcast. And I thank each of you that tune in each and every day. We have some folks down south that are listening uh, via the internet here, and they have downloaded the podcast for homeschool. They use it for chapel, homeschool services as well, and they've been memorizing Psalm 119. And so I want to exhort them to continue memorizing Psalm 119, and we're going to begin teaching Psalm 119 today, trying to instruct those things, the doctrine of Psalm 119. And so do pray for us as we go through this psalm. I'd also like to announce that this Sunday morning only, uh, 10.30, we'll be at the Mont Alto Bible Baptist Church. I'll be meeting in the alternate fire hall in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. And I'll be with the folks there. And then start of the year, we'll be down in Martinsville, Virginia, starting meetings. And uh, the Lord added another meeting to us today. And so we thank God for that. Thank the Lord for the opportunities we'll have to preach this year and how we look forward to the things that God is doing. I'd also like to say to you, uh, some of you have sent some finances in to help with the podcast, and we appreciate that. Really only costs us about $60 a month. That's between the podcast and our website, but every little bit is appreciated, and we certainly thank God for that. We thank God for those that have taken an interest not only in the podcast, but in the ministry and ministering to the needs of the McVeigh family. What a joy it is to us to be able to have this podcast, be able to preach and teach the Word of God and teach doctrine from the Word of God. And so we look forward to what the Lord's going to do in Psalm 119. As we look at Psalm 119, we began to read. I'm going to read the first eight verses, and it's going to be a couple of days, to be honest with you. Uh, we're going to be stuck here in Psalm 119, 1 through 8, because we're going to look at several things. But I'm going to read this passage first, and I'll tell you what we're going to lay the groundwork for so that you can be prepared. Maybe you can study yourself if you get opportunity. But Psalm 119, Nalef, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. And just a quick overview of this chapter, we see that he immediately blesses those that are undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, we know the law of the Lord is perfect. It's converting the soul. And God's law, then he goes on and tells us, kind of covers everything that he mentions here. Uh, That really falls under the umbrella of the law of God. And it's almost progressive as I see it, because we look at the verse 4, that commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. And then he says, the way we're directed to keep thy statutes. And then he goes on and says, to give right respect unto all thy commandments. 
He said, I've learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. There's a progression because ultimately each one builds upon the other. Uh, the Lord gives instruction. Then the Lord adds his authority to that instruction. And then the Lord gives judgment in that authority of his instruction. And so we see that progresses. And so it's interesting as we look at Psalm 119, how often those are mentioned and how often. And he does not just randomly use one of those words. Each one of those has a distinct difference. And as we look at Psalm 119, we'll see that every word precept is slightly different from a commandment. Every time he says commandment, it slightly differs from a statute. Every time he says judgment, it certainly differs from a precept, a statute, or a commandment. And so we're going to look at that in the days to come. And again, we're going to linger there for a little bit because really that'll cover a lot of Psalm 119. Then we could probably go a little faster through the rest of it. But I want to start off in verse 1. And he said, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, it's interesting to go to the New Testament to look at that word undefiled. And to look at undefiled, then we also must look at to be defiled and what that means to be defiled. But undefiled, he speaks of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 7, 26. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. And so Jesus Christ, our sin offering, our burnt offering, our peace offering, our trespass offering, Jesus Christ was holy. Jesus Christ himself was undefiled. That's why he could be an offering for our sin. But then the word of God commands us to the book of James in chapter 1. Pure religion undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, I realize there's a group around today that's saying James really isn't part of Canada Scripture, and James really isn't applicable to the church today. It's a different dispensation, and they've taken this hyper-dispensationalist ridiculousness to the umpth degree. But the reality is, and the, the instruction given here is probably one of the reasons they discredit James, because he said the pure religion undefiled before God and the Father is this— he didn't say knowledge. He didn't say how smart you are, how educated you are, how wise you are. No, he says to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So pure religion is to visit the fatherless and the widow in their affliction. And he said to be not undefiled before God is to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And so we see that the word of God tells us then what it means to be undefiled but then we see in the book of Titus, in chapter 1, and again, I find the Word of God to be quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It does cut. It's going to serve its purpose. In verse 15, under the pure, all things are pure. That's Titus 1.15. And he goes on and says, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. And so we see to the unbelieving, I don't care how holy you think you are, I don't care how right you think you are or how self-righteous you are, if you're unbelieving, you're defiled. Because to the pure, all things are pure. And yet to the unbelieving, those that have been defiled in sin, they're, even their conscience is defiled. We'll see that in a little bit here. But they can't believe God. They don't believe God. And that is the defilement. Now, we see in the Old Testament, and I'm just going to touch on a couple of these, what does defile you? 
Well, we see in the law of God in Numbers 5, and I'll begin reading verse 28, I believe, in Numbers 5. If the woman be not defiled, but be clean, what's going on here? She's been accused of adultery. Then she shall be free and shall conceive seed. This is the law of jealousies when a wife goeth aside to another instead of her husband and is defiled. Or when the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous over his wife, and shall set the woman before the Lord, and the priest shall execute upon her all this law. Then shall the man be guiltless from iniquity, and this woman shall bear his iniquity. And so again, talks about adultery would defile her. She lays with another man, goes into another man. She has defiled herself. She has been defiled. She's not clean. She is not pure. And that's the contrast that Titus drew for us, too, is to be defiled is to be unclean. To be pure is to be undefiled. And he says in Leviticus 19, and verse 31, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards, to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. So when we have other gods before him, it defiles us. We understand that in Leviticus 18, the chapter before that, in verse 21, he said, Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God, I am the Lord. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand beside before a beast to lie down there to it is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these things the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. So it goes back to Titus, really. When Titus talked about pure religion undefiled before God, what does it do? Keep oneself unspotted from the world. And that's what he's speaking of with the children of Israel in Old Testament law, adulteries, fornications, uncleanness, going and taking idols, having other gods before him, worshiping at the altar of another god, lying man with man, woman with beast, the vile things of this world, the unclean things of this world, and absolutely it would defile them. Now, we also know that fornication is a great defiler of man, and that's still applicable today, and you can dispensationalize that away all you want, but the reality is he said to flee fornication. Why? Because fornication will destroy you. It's a sin against your own body. In verse 27 of Genesis 34, the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. What is that? Well, man came and lay with their sister, took her unto himself, and the brothers caught him in that defilement, then pretended like they were going to make peace with him, and then slew him because of that fornication. He was not married to that woman. She was not his wife. Now, he was going to take her as his wife. He wanted to take her as his wife, but it was a defilement. They even said, he has defiled our sister. Revelation 14 and verse 4, these are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. So he tells you a little bit about defilement. He tells you what it means to be defiled. So then also we can look at that and tell you what it means to not be defiled. Jesus Christ's disciples were accused of being defiled because they ate with unwashed hands. And that was the accusation made against them. And the funny thing is, the Pharisees of today are the same. The scribes today, the legalists today, they're worried about washed hands and how clean your hands are, but they're not concerned about the other things, idolatries and fornications and adulteries. And, and interesting that he says in Hebrews 12 and 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail to the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. That bitterness will defile many. 
And it's interesting how he words that, lest there be any fornicator or profane person. And so when that man is bitter, in his own bitterness, he defiles many. He defiles others. Fornication also is a great defiler of the body. And so there is a difference between clean and unclean. There's a difference between holy and unholy. There's a difference between defiled and undefiled. 1 Corinthians 8, 7, Howbeit there's not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscience of the idol, unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. So we know that our conscience can be weak. We know that sowing diverse seeds will defile a nation. It will defile a land. We know that the lands were defiled. We know that Israel was defiled by the pollution of her whoredoms. And can I say to you, my friend, when we walk in the ways of Christ, we don't have to be defiled. We can be clean. We can be holy. We don't have to be unholy. We can walk with God and walk in his way, which is an undefiled way, it's interesting, he tells the priest that they're not to come in a dead body. That dead body would defile that. Why? The Lord thy God is a holy God. Death defiles. Death is a great defiler. Death today is still a great defiler of man. So he starts off Psalm 119 in verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So they walk in the way. What is that way? God's way. Now, us today listening, New Testament saints of God, what is the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. Jesus Christ, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the way. He is the only way. They ask Oprah, and Oprah says there's many ways to heaven. Uh, they ask Michael Savage. Michael Savage, the radio disc jockey, told Jerry Falwell, there are many roads to heaven. You're not going to tell me that Buddhists will go to hell because they don't believe you. Joel Osteen himself, he said, you must come through Jesus Christ. But then he said, but every person's Jesus Christ is slightly different. And basically, he equated Allah to Jesus Christ. He equated the gods of Buddha to Jesus Christ. And so rather than being a, the holy son of God, a high priest undefiled, a high priest that's pure, a high priest that's holy, he equated Jesus Christ to the unclean things of this world, the unclean gods of this world, those gods that defiled themselves as Muhammad did with fornication. Allah approved of Muhammad's fornication and the indulgences of sin, the awfulness of covetousness, having other gods before him. And so we're in a day when this is a paramount doctrine to us who walk in the law of the Lord. And the law was... It's so confusing to people because they just don't want to believe the law. They want to pick and choose. They want to decide what's legal, what's not. They want to choose what other people do that's legal and what's not. Yet they themselves will not be bound by any man. And they're not bound by the laws of God. And therefore, when men pick and choose what laws they obey and what laws they don't obey outside of precepts that God has put in the word of God, they're not going to be converted. You can't be converted and dismiss the law of God. It is perfect. It does convert the soul. It is that schoolmaster. And that schoolmaster is going to teach you. That schoolmaster is going to show you. That schoolmaster is going to show you the way of God, which is the person of Jesus Christ. Everything in this law points to him. And so the blessing is upon those that are undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 2, he said, blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and that seek him with the whole heart. 
Tomorrow, with the Lord's help, I want to look at those testimonies. And what we're going to do, for those of you listening, you can go ahead and look at this. Look up these words. I'll tell you the best way to do this I have found. I'm going to give you a little bit of instruction. I'm done preaching for now. Let me just give you a little bit of instruction, if I can. When you go to King James Bible Online, and you're on your computer, your tablet, you download the app, whatever the case is, at least on a computer, I know what you do is you go to King James Bible Online, you click on the chapter. And so in this case, you click Psalm 119, you click on the chapter, you look at the entire chapter, and you hit Find or Control-F if you're on a Windows laptop, you see. And then you search that word, Testimonies. And you go through, and it'll pull up in order every word of testimonies in that particular chapter. And it's something that you can do at home. And so I implore you to do that if you have a PC. It's a little bit different on a Mac. It'll be slightly different in the app, but you can search that in the app as well. Just find on that page and look at testimonies, and then look at precepts, and look at statutes, look at commandments, look at judgments. This chapter is filled with the law of God. This chapter is filled because the law of God is all of those things. The law of God is his testimonies. The law of God is his precepts. The law of God is his statutes. The law of God is his commandments. The law of God is his judgments. And we're going to take a look at that tomorrow, beginning with his testimonies. Have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with glad are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.